Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Community Chats. My name is Erin Oath. I am the Assistant Director of Community Partnerships at the University of Mississippi. And Community Chats is regular conversations with people in the Lafayette Oxford University community who are working hard to make a positive difference in our region. Typically, Community Chats come to you regularly throughout the semester at Fridays at noon. And our goal is to elevate community leaders from our region, allow them to tell their story, who they are, how they came to be involved in this work, introduce that work to you. Uh, we want to elevate uh, the good work going on in our community and those visions for the future that all of us can be a part of building up our communities. Today, this is a special edition. I am joined by Rebecca Nelson, the Director of Volunteer Northeast Mississippi. And she is here to talk to us about CARES Act funding, explaining a little bit about how that process works, how nonprofits can apply for remaining funds before the end of the year. We're so excited to have you with us today, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Erin. I'm so glad to be here. I think this is such an important uh, bit of funding that's going to be available to our nonprofits right now. And we've got to get the word out that the money's there. We just need for them to put those applications in. That's right. Uh, as many of us know, uh, the pandemic has had a lot of economic toll on our communities in general, on our businesses, but also on our nonprofits. And so today we're here to talk about the CARES Act funding that is available for Mississippi nonprofits. Those funds are administered through the CREATE Foundation, which oversees the Community Foundation's COVID-19 CARES grant program. This program has $1.6 million um, to award grants to eligible grantees in 21 Northeast Mississippi counties. And uh, as of December 2nd, the CREATE Foundation team has received 78 applications across those counties and more money is available. The deadlines are quickly approaching. So we wanted to have a conversation to explain what it is, why, who's eligible, why you might want to apply and what you need to know as you go into that process. So thank you so much for helping us make sense of this today, Rebecca. Uh, will you just start off by introducing yourself and your role with the CREATE Foundation in regards to CARES Act funding? Sure. Uh, as you said, my name is Rebecca Nelson. I'm the director of Volunteer Northeast Mississippi, um, which under normal circumstances uh, promotes volunteerism and provides resources to nonprofits. My role specifically with the CARES grant is that I'm, I'm a in a communications position. <clears throat> My job with this role is to get the word out to the nonprofits, to remind them, to apply, to tell them a little bit about it, to try to walk them through the process as much as I can. I'm not the one that's handling all this, that's actually handled by Stuart McMillan. She is, she was brought on board to the CREATE Foundation just to handle all this. Um, and let me say right now that the CREATE Foundation is handling the applications in Northeast Mississippi, but everything I talk about today is true of all the foundations that are doing work through, across the state in the same capacity. Um, the entire state has several community foundations that are handling grant applications for their specified counties. And the application is the same no matter where you are in Mississippi. So the, the information I provide today is coming from me as part of the CREATE Foundation, but it applies to everyone across the state. So I'm here just to try to walk you through um, the process and help you understand what this is all about. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, Rebecca. I know that uh, grant applications in general can sometimes be overwhelming and complicated. So thank you for just taking some time to break it down for us. Um, and can we just start with some basic questions? Maybe uh, who is eligible for this funding and what funding is available? There are two categories. You can be a nonprofit or you can be a food pantry. And both of those are set up separately. However, food pantries actually qualify under both categories. So a nonprofit who is not a food pantry would apply under the nonprofit category and they can receive up to $12,000 of reimbursement. And that reimbursement uh, part of it is very important. I'll talk about that more in just a minute. Um, if you are a food pantry, you can apply under the food pantry category for $12,000 and under the nonprofit category for $12,000 for different expenses. So going back to that reimbursement piece, this is for expenses that you have incurred from March 1st of 2020 up through December 30th, 2020, which obviously we have not quite reached yet. So some are still incurring some of those expenses and that's the window of opportunity. If you have paid for various, <clears throat> various items um, or services, cleaning services or whatever, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute, between March 1st and December 30th, those kinds of expenses can be reimbursed. Okay, well, will you dive in a little bit into those reimbursable expenses and what might that mean for like a nonprofit that's lost revenue? Maybe they typically hold a fundraiser that they weren't able to do this year. Right, and that, that has become a very big issue for so many of our nonprofits. Almost all of them have one main fundraiser a year, maybe two. And a lot of them were scheduled for you know March, April, May, and all of a sudden everything was getting canceled left and right. Some of them postponed them until the fall. We all thought that maybe we would be able to have these fundraisers. They got canceled again. So what's going to happen is I'm just going to, you know, if you're XYZ nonprofit and you normally had a fundraiser in April of every year that brought in typically $20,000 you can qualify for some help and what you would have to do is to show us your records your documentation from last april's fundraiser and it says last year we raised twenty thousand dollars this year we're operating without those twenty thousand dollars yet we have still had to pay rent for our facility we've had to pay the electric bill we've had to pay our employees a lot of nonprofits have maybe just one or two employees if any um, insurance on the building. They've still had all these expenses, but they didn't have that $20,000 to fall back on. So by documenting what they normally would have gotten at that time and documenting what they had to pay in expenses this year, they can be reimbursed for those. So that's a huge chunk right there of what our nonprofits are looking for. In addition, a lot of our nonprofits had to make changes to the way that they provided their services. For example, um, I'll use a, a, like a health clinic, a pregnancy health clinic, a childcare health clinic. A lot of them were unable to bring in their clients, their patients indoors into their facility, and they've had to maybe turn to telehealth using you know, a Zoom meeting or some kind of technology 
to get information to their patients and they may or may not have been set up with all the technology they needed. They might not have had these uh, video cameras or they might not have uh, had even the, the internet capacity to do those things. So if they incurred expenses that were required to help them deliver services, those qualify for reimbursement as well. In addition, all those cleaning supplies that we have all had to purchase and the stores are running out of, uh, hand sanitizer, gloves, masks, um, bleach, any of those things that you had to have to clean your facilities, um, if you had to get plexiglass to put between your receptionist and your clients, all of those types of expenses are reimbursable. And I'm just glancing down here at my list to make sure I cover all. There are actually 18 items and I'm gonna show you this list. I can send you this list. It's also available on the website, um, but I always like to go back to this because this spells out exactly what people can be reimbursed for. Um, and, and essentially, if you had to make any changes regarding COVID, then it's gonna be reimbursable. Um, some specific subgroups that they are really targeting are expenses for care for the homeless population, um, for uh, uh, if there were individual grants to prevent evictions or foreclosures or to assist someone who might be homeless, um, house, if you were assisting households that were directly impacted by COVID, for example, if you generally um, give some kind of assistance to a family, uh, maybe that needs to buy essential items, but now that the one breadwinner in the family is no longer working because, COVID, because of COVID layoffs, um, you can get reimbursed for expenses where you helped out that family. So there are so many different ways that our nonprofits help. And the good thing, which is also the bad thing in this case, is they do it without thinking. They see a problem, they step up, they come up with a solution, and they're not thinking at the time, well, we can't afford to do this, or are we going to be reimbursed for it? But that's what we want the nonprofits to do right now. We want them to look back at all the things they've done since March 1st and say, oh yeah, you know, I provided that service because of COVID, because of some ramification of COVID on my clients, therefore I can be reimbursed. That's what this money is for. Okay, so that's a lot broader than I thought. I yes. thought this was for PPE equipment and you're saying, hey, it is for that cleaning supplies and so much more. Um, anything that, that helps these nonprofits serve, meet the needs of people during um, COVID. Exactly. Oh, fantastic. Um, what do you think are some of the barriers that keep nonprofits from, from applying and what, what would you say to encourage them to apply anyway? Well, let me address the two groups separately. Let me, let me address food pantries first. Um, we are fortunate in our area that some of the suppliers of the food, the food banks, um, have not been charging our nonprofits the last several months for the food. They had other sources that stepped up to pay for these, uh, pay for the supplies, pay, pay for the food. And so our nonprofits in the food pantry segment aren't necessarily out any money where the food is concerned. However, I want them to realize that other expenses related to their delivery of the food 
might have come about because of COVID. For example, there's a food pantry in Lee County that uh, is in need of boxes. In the past, they had been using the boxes that the bananas were delivered in. And those are the best boxes because they're nice and heavy. But that banana company, at least the one in that location went out of business. <clears throat> so now, excuse me. So now that food pantry is having to purchase heavy boxes. Well, that's an expense that came about strictly because of COVID. So although they're not paying for food, they're having to pay to get the food to the clients, okay? Also, the food pantries need to remember all those other things I mentioned about um, if they've had to change the way they do their delivery. Uh, for example, uh, this same food pantry that I'm talking about had to go to an outside intake. In other words, in the past, the clients would come indoors, fill out their paperwork, and then receive their box of food. But the, after COVID, they had to switch to an outdoor intake, which required tablets. So they went to the technology and had to pay for tablets. And I imagine there are some other food pantries that have had to do that. So that kind of expense is reimbursable, but they might not know that. So that's what has held them back. Okay, now going over to the nonprofit segment, and this includes food pantries as well. Um, sometimes people are wary about even getting into the grant application process because it is difficult or complicated or time consuming. And I will say that um, after having helped one nonprofit here navigate this application, I found that it's actually very easy. Um, fortunately, there's a training video that's available. It was done by Stuart McMillan here at the Create Office. It's a 48 minute video. It is worth sitting and watching for 48 minutes because she walks you through the entire process and shows you an actual application. And Erin, um, I know you have a copy of that video and I do too. We'll be glad to send that out to anyone who needs it. Um, but also please know that you could actually start the application right now and do a little bit and save it, do some more tomorrow or next week. So you're not having to sit down and say, oh no, I don't have five hours of my time to sit and do this application. You can do it a little bit at a time and then submit it all at one time. So two important dates you need to know right now. First is December 15th, which is uh, a week from, two, well, two weeks, two weeks from yesterday. Okay, so you've still got almost two weeks to do this. That deadline is to create your account on the, on the uh, website and to take the eligibility quiz. The eligibility quiz is just a couple of questions that you click yes, hopefully, um, and it says yes, you're eligible. That won't take any time at all. Um, and then the other deadline is January 15th, which is when you have to have submitted your application with all the documentation there. So my suggestion is if you've not even started the process to go to this website, mscaresgrant.com today, create your account, take the eligibility quiz and have that out of the way. Then start collecting your documentation and do it however you want to do it, whether you want to do it at one sitting or several. Um, remember that it can include expenses up through December 30th. So you might want to wait until January 1st to submit. But if you think that you're not going to have any more expenses, go ahead and put in your submission and have that done. This is a reimbursement grant. It's also on a first come first serve basis. But having said that, please remember, 
we have not had nearly as many applications as we wanted to have. And right now there's still money left on the table. And, you know, it's, it's never a good thing to say, you know, you can't say I guarantee there'll be money left January 14th or January 15th. However, if things continue at the rate they're going, there will be money available. And I, I feel good about that. And I feel good about um, encouraging all nonprofits just to go ahead and put in that application. We want you to have the money. We want you to be able to continue to provide the services. Mississippians depend on you as nonprofits to make our populations as healthy and strong and capable and productive as they can be. So please take this assistance that's being offered. Um, if you have questions, you know, you can contact Erin, you can contact me. Um, my email address, let me just throw this out now, Erin, if that's okay. Yep, that's my, email, my email address is Rebecca, that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A, at unitedwaynems.org, or you can call me at 662-432-0158. And again, that's 662-432-0158. If you didn't catch all that because you didn't have a pencil to write all this down, you can get in touch with Erin. Um, she knows where to find me. I want to help you. I don't have all the answers, but I know who does. So if you have a question I can't answer, I will get the answer for you. And we'll put all of that contact information uh, in the show notes and in the comments when we post this video too. Okay. So um, we'll, we'll try to make that easily accessible for you. And thank you for pointing to the web address in the back. Um, that is uh, the web page we want to direct everyone to. That's where you can start the application process and uh, set up your account. It is www.mscaresgrant.com. Um, Thank you so much, Rebecca, for just teasing some of this out and helping us make a little bit more sense of it. Uh, we know that many of our nonprofits have been struggling in this season, particularly as fundraisers have been canceled, um, donations are down, um, as their donor pool has kind of shrunk. And so we wanna do everything that we can to support them, uh, to make them aware of these resources that are available um, that can be lifelines along the way. So thank you so much for helping us do that. Uh, as we wrap up, is there anything else that you want nonprofits to know? I want them to know how much appreciated they are. I know they go to work every day and just do what they do because they have a heart of gold. And we are so fortunate. I'm so glad that I live in Mississippi. We are this country's best kept secret. We take care of each other. We know that our nonprofits are doing everything they can to help those populations that need help. Um, and I want them to know that Volunteer Northeast Mississippi, as well as all the parts of the volunteer uh, network, excuse me, the Mississippi Hub Network, uh, the Alliance, um, the LOU community, we are all behind you and we want you to reach out and ask for help. And when you, uh, when you have a question, you have to ask it because otherwise you will not find out the answer. This is the old school teacher in me coming out. <laughs> uh, you have to ask the question. It's not a dumb question. We need you to have the answers. Thank you so, so much, Rebecca. And uh, thank you to all of our nonprofits out there that have been doing incredible work under incredibly challenging circumstances. Uh, thank you for hanging in there for the people that you serve and the good work that you do in our community and across the state. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We hope this has been really helpful uh, and 
can raise awareness, can spark your interest, uh, maybe encourage you to consider applying for these funds if you're eligible. Uh, we want people to take advantage of these resources and certainly don't wanna leave that money on the table uh, uh, for those who qualify and those for whom it can make a real impact. Um, thank you all. Please like, comment, share this feed, pass it along to others that you know. We want to spread the word and get the word out. Um, as Rebecca mentioned, there's two weeks left to that initial deadline of December 15th. Uh, as of today, we are recording on December 4th. Um, so we want to get the word out as much as we can uh, so that as many people can get in before that deadline as possible. Uh, we are taking a break from community chats, uh, new episodes, and so new episodes will resume in January. So be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, stay engaged, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Community Chats.